Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous change makers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos. Bye, Chris. Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast. Dude, this is an honor because I met you five years ago at a GoBundance event in Tahoe, and I heard you say things that I really never heard anybody else say with your level of clout and a level of responsibility that I thought was awesome. And so this is, this is the Men on Purpose 200 episode, and I wanted you because I feel it's so timely to speak out to not even young people, but, but people who are in this hustle generation and in this entrepreneurial world and in this lane where they think they've just got to work themselves to the bone to be successful. And you challenge that. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about hustle porn. I want to talk about your podcast, follow your different and just, I want to just, let's wrap, man. Let's get into it. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, deeply honored and stoked to be number 200. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. So first and foremost, let, let me pull up the chat here. Let me, let me read this. Actually, you have it in front of you. Let's, um, let's talk about this, this, this thing that you posted on Facebook. And I'm going to read it for the audience. So this is a Grant Cardone post, a tweet. It said, God created the universe in six days and took a break. Most people take Saturdays and Sundays off. And they didn't create anything. Rest is overrated. Start working harder. Your response is, and I love this, at a time when the American entrepreneur is struggling to survive and mental health problems have never been worse, Hustle Porter star Grant Cardone calls people lazy. Hey, hey, hey Grant, Google Kuroshi, then go fuck yourself. Your 15 minutes are over. That moved me in a very responsible way. <laughs> well, I'm stoked. And Frankly, I hope it moves a lot of other people. Uh, there are a group of hustle, hustle porn stars like Grant Cardone, like Ty Lopez, like Gary Vee. There's a whole bunch of them that are all knockoffs of the original hustle porn star, Tom Vu. We can talk about him if you like. Yeah, we should. Uh, he was in the real estate business. Yep. Um, but, um, and these guys have made a career out of putting people down. They've made a career out of uh, sort of the Kardashianization of the world, you know, posing in front of their planes and shit. And, you know, look, I don't know how many of these guys actually have planes or they rent them or, yeah. you know, but a lot of these influencers, all of these people, they're full of shit, right? They're selling something that isn't real. They're selling a fake lifestyle that many of them themselves don't even enjoy. And, it's all based on what you might call uh, in an envy economy. Yep. A don't, don't you wish you were me, right? So in that sense, it's very disempowering. Um, and, and that's why the vast majority of influencers, their whole spiel is, hey man, look how awesome I am taking a fucking selfie in front of a Lambo. Don't you wish you were me by my course? Love it. Right? So anybody who's like, taking videos in front of Lambos is selling you bullshit yep. by definition. Now in specific, one of the things that these guys say is uh, hustles, the most important word in the English language. Gary Vee has said that Grant Cardone has said, 
Uh, nobody's ever died of working hard. Well, yeah. they're both fucking as wrong as fuck. Yeah. First of all, in Japan, there's a word for it. It's called Kuroshi. It means death by work or something along those lines, because so many uh, men are working themselves to death. And we, uh, if you look at any of the numbers, we have the greatest mental health crisis in American history right now. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, the purpose of building a legendary business is hopefully to make a difference in the world for others and to make a difference for yourself. What it's not about is working 150 hours a week, right? Now, I'm not saying there aren't times in our careers where we have to work very hard. We do. But frankly, if you're an entrepreneur and you need to be told it's going to take hard work, you should go get a job at PG&E or the fucking some utility or the bank or something. Absolutely. Like, no shit, it's going to take hard work. Yeah. And so these guys screaming, hustle, 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 never take a day off, all this stuff. Uh, this is bad advice. It's bad for entrepreneurs. It's not true. It's not the pathway to success. And they're, they're, they're saying this at a time where people are, are freaked out. They're stressed out. Many people are working two and three jobs. And so um, I think that as a group, nobody has done more damage to entrepreneurs in the last decade than the hustle porn stars. Yeah. And I agree with you on that. And through our coaching business and on here, you know, we have conversations about how I feel, my opinion, I feel that is a very dangerous mindset to place in people that especially who are just starting out, especially young people, right, who maybe didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. And they think that that the hustle is the only way to get what they want. Our coaching business, your practices are the are the opposite of that in most categories. In you know, our podcast is called Men on Purpose. And I feel like that hustle mentality is the opposite of purposeful work, purposeful mindset, purposeful action taking, where you're slower in your approach. And yeah, maybe you can, maybe you can, um, uh, you know, maybe you got to hustle up a little bit here and there. That's totally fine. Like we all hustle in some capacity, but maybe it's not the right word. You know, maybe the word is we, we um, have a, have a, super focused energy and attention on purposeful activity to build our business or to get higher level in your career, whatever it might be. And so my mindset is that is a very dangerous thing. When I have young people who come to me and say, Hey, I've been working at this thing, or I've been in this mastermind, or I've been in this seminar, or I've been, I've been going to, to, you know, see this guy for, for 10 years, I'm still in the same position. And I'll say to them, well, what was the one big takeaway that you've gotten every time? And they say, I got to grind. I've got to hustle. I've got to have grit. I've got to have all these things. And I'll say, yeah, that's, that's dangerous. It has not worked for you because you have not worked yourself out of the things that stop you regardless. You can't out hustle your own shit in your head. You can't out hustle your problems. You have to work on yourself and work on your business. And they both grow equally. One, your business grows to the extent that you grow to. That's it. So do your relationships. So does your money. Everything grows to the extent that you do. And that's why I love what you said, because that hustle mentality, that hustle porn, it, it, it puts people in such a mindset, it almost leaves them wanting those products. And that's probably the reasoning behind it is, is, is now you need me because I'll just guide you to keep hustling harder. And this is my new product that you can buy to get you here. And 
if you want the plane, you got to take this course or buy this thing or go see me here. And it's just, it's a sales funnel. Most of these things are sales funnels for these guys, but there's a level of care and concern. And this is my opinion and yours too, that the level of care and concern for the actual person and their own growth is, is, is not present in my opinion, because I've been to all of these things, all of them. Well, how, how I know you're right is if you just unpack the advice, forget, you know, their presentation and the Lambos and all the stupidity. I, I don't know why that appeals to anybody. I don't, but whatever. Take that. That's a style thing. Wow. If you just take the, the, the advice. Success is not about hustling. Hmm. It, it, there, it, you can win the activity contest and be a complete and total failure. Yeah. Hamsters hustle all day long in their cage in a fucking wheel. So, you know, I love the title of your, the name of your podcast. Well, what's the purpose? Why are we hustling? Right. Why are we working hard? What are we working hard on? Are we working hard on something that we can be successful at? Are we designing our own category? Are we pioneering a niche that we can, be, we can become known for uh, a niche that we own? Are we doing something unique? Are we differentiated? Uh, are we moving the world forward in some exponential way with our products and services um, and the things we want to create and deliver to the world? And so, look, hard work is required, but hamsters hustle and they don't get anywhere. And so this notion that if all you do is work 120 hours a week, you'll be successful is complete and total asinine bullshit. Now, look, you're talking to a guy who's worked very hard. I started my first company at 18 years old. And so, yes, you have to work hard, but that's kind of all you have to say about it. Screaming all this bullshit is ridiculous. And what they're really trying to do is make people feel inferior and make people subscribe to their course or their, whatever their new bullshit is, right? So always, the other thing about who we're following, uh, my friend Nicholas Cole says, be careful who you subscribe to because who you subscribe to becomes your life. Yeah. And if you're going to subscribe to someone or something, a newspaper or a website or anything, you're, any, any content at all, look at, well, what is it these people are selling? And that'll tell you a lot about where they're coming from. What do you say about motivation? I want to play devil's advocate for a second. What do you say about motivation in terms of, um, you know, the, the speeches, the Instagram videos, the posing in front of the jet, what are your thoughts on these guys mindset or thoughts on that? They're motivating people in the event that they would like that life, you know, the people would like that life jets and mansions and all that stuff, which I think a lot of people like, because in my mind, when I was stuck in that hustle porn mentality in the beginning of my real estate career, you know, eight, 10 years ago, I, even in my career with my dad, you know, going back 18 years ago in the shipping business, I felt like the, the mansion, the plane, the yacht, the you know, vacations everywhere, wherever you want. I felt like it was a safe harbor from the internal conflicts I had, you know, um, uh, anxiety and insecurity. I felt when I reached that pedestal, and this is very naive, right, way of thinking, I felt when I reached that pedestal, I can stop being anxious about the next dollar, the next check. I can stop worrying that I won't be successful in society's eyes or mom and dad's eyes 
or that I will actually fit in somewhere because I now justified myself and my value based on the money that I have and the assets and the things that I have. And if I don't have that, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm just a middle ground guy making a couple hundred grand a year without any of that high level stuff. And that for me, for me, was motivating for a while until I kind of pulled the curtain back and saw that none of that shit mattered because I'm going to be there with the yachts and with the, and on the jet anxious of how I'm going to sustain that model. And so the anxiety and the insecurity and the bullshit and the fear will, would never go away until I actually worked on me and figured out the core reason why I had those fears and those anxieties and insecurities about my own life, about my own abilities and capabilities. That was me, but that motivated me to then work on me. But that's not the message from most of these guys, right? Look, I don't really know what their message is. I just know the stupidities they bark that show up from time to time when a friend of mine sends them to me. So I'm not educated on what morons do. I'm spending a lot of time with trying to learn what, you know, all about Stephen Kotler's new book, The Art of Impossible, or Bruce Feiler's book, Life is in the Transitions, or, you know, uh, uh, Professor Susan Leoto, who was just on our podcast, who wrote The Power of Ethics, one of the most important new books that's been written. And so I don't, candidly, I don't really give a fuck what Mr. Cardona or Mr. V or Mr. Lopez have to say, because it's asinine. Right. Um, but to get to the start of your question around motivation, um, Here's the thing. I don't think anybody can motivate anybody to do shit. You're either self-motivated or you're not. Now, you can be inspired. And so I think there are, quote unquote, motivational speakers who are very inspiring. Um, and, and that could you know, trigger us to move forward. When I was a young guy coming up, uh, long before podcasts, I went to the Zig Ziglar um, uh, automobile school. And we used to buy these big packages of tapes and we used to have Zig tell us about how to close sales. And there were all sorts of, you know, Jack Canfield, the guy that went on to write chicken soup of the soul had an incredible series for a long time. And Tony Robbins used to do that stuff. And you know, all the pre-internet, that's how you bought that shit. Now, I, f I think there's a distinction between inspiration and motivation. I think that stuff is very inspiring. And I've been inspired by many people who've written books, done tapes, now podcasts and all that. But the reason I seek that inspiration out is because I'm already motivated. I, I, I do want to be a, a different person. I do want to make a difference in the world. And so it's called learning. <laughs> it's called growing. Yeah. So if you're committed to learning and growing, then you subscribe to things that help you learn and grow. And some of those things might be your favorite magazine or newspaper. And some of them, you know, master classes, unbelievable. And there's God knows how many legendary Ted talks and that's incredible. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to get smart today. As a matter of fact, I would argue that today is the stupidest time in history to be stupid. Because with podcasts and, pod, and, and YouTube and TED Talks and Masterclass and on and on and on, all these great uh, mastermind groups, all these things are opportunities that have really only come to pass in plus or minus the last decade. And so 
if you are already motivated to design a legendary life, to design a legendary business, and you're looking for inspiration, that's great. I need that too. We all need to pick up from time to time. Uh, some of us more regularly than others. That's okay. And we all need education. We need to learn. And of course, that's powerful. But, um, and so all that's great. What's not great is, are these um, idiots who bark stupidities at you, who in point of fact, what they're really selling you is um, envy. Don't you wish you were me? Yeah. And anybody who's selling you envy um, is full of shit. And doesn't that make people, it's interesting. My, my wife and I had a conversation this morning with uh, one of our clients. They wanted us to help them with a new vision board. And I said, vision boards are bullshit. And he said, why is that? Don't you have a vision board? And I said, I live in my vision board. I, 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 I set a goal five years ago to get us to LA where my wife is from. And that was our dream to be here in an environment that breeds um, a higher level of learning and success. And there's a financial piece in there. And, there's, and, and plus the atmosphere, the weather, just the environment in general. And I didn't create a vision board with jets and yachts and mansions in Beverly Hills. I started taking uh, screenshots of things that I really like about the area I wanted to live and the type of business I wanted to have. And it was very purposeful type of vision exercises. But I didn't put bullshit on a board and stick it behind my desk and look at it and go, yeah, one day I'm going to have this jet. Yet I had no way of facilitating or understanding how to even start to get to that point. And what I explained to this person, and I want to get your take on this, is I get the envy culture. I get, the, I get where it's the, if I can do it, you can do it. I came from you know, humble beginnings and look at me now, I'm on a jet, I'm on a yacht, I'm on this. You can do it too. Anybody can do it. But there's a formula that's missing in that advice. And what I said to the person this morning was, the, there is not a how, because we can all figure it out. Just like you said, there are YouTube videos, there's coaches, there's all kinds of stuff you can go to. But what you're missing are, I believe, are two factors, which is the willingness to do the work and an understanding and clarity how to navigate the work and how to get focus on the work to get you to the goal that you've set. And a sacrifice factor where you clearly understand that if you put a $20 million plane on your vision board, that you have to be very clear and understand this, the, the um, sacrifices that you'll need to make in your life with your resources, time, money, and energy to get that. And I think that, in my opinion, is a massive missing when the hustle culture goes after people and starts to quote unquote motivate them to be like me. That is, that's the dangerous piece is that there's not, you're not filling in the blanks of the formula to say, are you willing to do the work to get here? And what do you have to sacrifice in, the, in, in that counterbalance? What are you actually going to sacrifice? Is it time with your family? Is it your health? Is it you're going to spend 200 grand a year on, on courses or you're going to fail through a million dollars worth of attempts? That is, an, is a misunderstood and a missing, I believe. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, simply stated. Um, there's one, well, there's a couple of things, but the one I want to underscore at the start, these hustle porn stars want to motivate people to be like them. Right. 
that's what you said, right, Ian? I mean, that's what they're doing, right? You can do, if I can do it, you can do it. Be like me. Well, so anybody who wants you to be like them doesn't give a shit about you. That's fair. Because anybody who loves you wants you to be one thing. You. Yes. And so that's where all that stuff blows apart for me. Right. It's all look at me, look at me. Aren't I great? Let me jack off on social media so that you can wish you were me. Anybody who loves you wants you to be you and wants you to be successful in life and in business. Um, doing things that make you happy, that are fulfilling for you. And generally what makes a difference for most people is making a difference for other people. That's the other part about this hustle porn bullshit. Look, I grew up poor, single mother. I got thrown out of school at 18 and started my first company. I know what it's like to not have shit. Um, I don't have an education. Um, and I started with nothing. So I get the, I started like nothing. I made it and you can too message. That's my life. At 27 years old, I was a millionaire, right? And I was the head of marketing of a publicly traded software company. And I moved from Canada to Silicon Valley. I can tell you my rags to riches story and it's a pretty fucking good one. Yeah. But at some level, no one gives a shit about my story. What they care about is their own story, right? And so anybody who loves you wants you to be you. And other people's lives can be very inspirational, can be very educational. But the reality is what most of us want is to be loved for exactly who we are and exactly who we're not. And we can be inspired by other people. You know, I have these guitars next to me. When you start learning to play guitar, you learn to play other people's songs. There are these things called cover bands. But the reason cover bands don't sell out Madison Square Garden is because they're not original bands. What sells out Madison Square Garden every, every month until the pandemic hit for, God, for years running is Billy Joel. Why? Because yeah. he's original. Right. <laughs> the cover bands can't sell out Madison Square Garden. And so anybody who's teaching you to be like them is fucking you up. <laughs> the only thing that's valuable is things that inspire us. So learning a Beatles song or, or whoever is a great way to start learning to play guitar. That's totally cool to be inspired by somebody else or an entrepreneur or, or an artist or a politician or a civic leader or what have you. We're human beings. We, 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 we feed off of the inspiration of others. But the truth is the people who inspire us are unique. They're original. They broke and took new ground. That's why they inspire us. So anybody who's teaching you to be them is teaching you to be in a cover band. Yeah, I love that, man. And if, what, what came up for me when you were saying that is what, what about the leadership slash coaching mentality where somebody's coming to you, you, you specifically, me specifically, where they, they want to, they want to model after someone and the steps that we took, and I'm talking more on the personal development side versus the business side, where there's got to be a juxtaposition, a big difference between modeling um, that hustle culture and modeling someone who says, 
hey man, listen, I know there's a roadblock up here. This is what I did. And uh, I'm just giving you that advice. Is that, is that a um, more purposeful thing to do for people? Or is that still somebody following you? So look, I think there are times where it's appropriate yeah. to say to somebody, hey, listen, do this, fucking do this. It'll work. Right. So there are techniques. If, if you and I wanted to learn baseball, right. there are certain techniques about how to throw a ball and how to catch a ball and how to hit a ball and how to run the bases, so, so, so forth and so on. And those of us who know those techniques and are practiced in those techniques such that we use those techniques unconsciously, so we're what's called unconsciously competent at them. Those things are all important to learn. So there are technique things that from time to time, somebody's saying, hey, do this, don't do that. For example, I'm teaching my 17-year-old nephew to drive. There's a bunch of do this and don't that's in, in driving, right? Like, hey, before we go into the intersection, fucking look all around and make sure we're not going to get hit by anybody and we're not hitting anybody, right? And then, and who has the right of way and who doesn't and, and so forth and so on. And so there's some of that that has some value for sure. But on many big things, once we get past a base level of mechanics, um, the do this, don't that stuff is not helpful. See, that's all sort of um, uh, fishing for them versus helping them learn how to fish stuff. So the real coaching that makes a big difference, uh, you know, and I'm not saying some of that basic stuff doesn't, but the stuff that really makes a difference is teach me how to think. Teach yeah. me how to solve problems. Tell me it's going to be okay when I need to know it's going to be okay when I don't think it's going to be okay. Yeah. But when, when you teach me to be more self-reliant, more self-resilient, when you give me not a framework to do something, but to think about something, that's more powerful. And what you got to remember is if you want to make a big difference in the world, Gandhi spent most of his life laying down, wearing a towel. He didn't do very much. Nelson Mandela changed Africa and he spent the, the, the majority or meaningful amount of his uh, adult life locked in a prison. And he had no influence whatsoever. He had no Instagram followers, zero. And so um, Wayne Dyer famously said, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. Yeah. And so, so who are you being in your life, right? What is your purpose? And then aligning your actions with them. And then most importantly, and this is something we haven't talked about yet, it's not about hustle. It's about results. Yeah. The most legendary people in the world produce exponential results. And so the real question is, what do I need to learn to be a person, not to do a person, to be a person who produces meaningful, different, exponential results in the way that I want to produce those results in a domain that matters to me? And so, look, I've done a lot of personal development, too. I started at a very young age and you name it, I've probably done it or read it. Uh, I've certainly done a lot of it anyway. And uh, um, there's a lot of it that's very, very good. And there's a lot of it that's really fucking stupid. But the stuff that is the most impactful 
you know, is, is Victor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning, right? Because he, tell, he shares with you an experience that he had of being a Holocaust victim and what it, mean, what it meant for him in terms of discovering the sources of meaning in life. He's not telling you, go do X. He's sharing with you his discovery, and it turns out it's a powerful one. And he's giving you a way to think about finding meaning in your life, as opposed to barking a bunch of stupidities at you and, and trying to make you feel inferior to him because he's got a Lambo and you don't. Yeah, I'm really glad you, you, you hit on Wayne Dyer's B versus do. That's a huge part of our, my, my wife and I, our lives, our, uh, our modeling, our coaching, our, our mentorships. And I think that really completes the stuff we were talking about in the beginning, where a lot of people are going to hear that without context and hear like, oh, well, maybe Chris is just a dick or maybe Ian's just wacky or way off. But that is key, absolutely key. And the one thing that I tell people, and this is what I was talking about between you know, personal development and business development, growth of the human versus growth of the, the money, the bank account, the, the business, whatever, the sales. It is about results, but you have to get results in your own life. And it is about human being, not human doing. And so the one thing that helped me considerably when I started down this journey of I don't love myself. I don't like who I am. I'm hustling. I'm making great money, but I feel lost. I feel empty. Anything that I hustle for and then, and then buy, it's just not fulfilling at all. And I don't want to live a life that's unfulfilled. I want to feel something like I'm making an actual difference in this world. And I started going through this experience in 2013 where I felt like such a failure as a human. Forget about business. I was successful. And, uh, you know, even in my 20s, very successful, but I didn't have any depth. I wasn't, a, I wasn't even a, forget about complete human. I wasn't being anybody. Frankly, I was just being a dick. I was being an asshole. I, was, I had no compassion for others. I, had, I didn't give a fuck about anything but that check because that check fulfilled me and I was hustling. I was hustling. I was working seven days a week. Shit, for a year and a half, I slept in my dad's warehouse because I was so scared to leave that office and not be the guy that's uber successful, way more successful than my friends, that I worked myself into such an OCD mindset that I couldn't, I couldn't go. And I was starting to, uh, you know, spin through money. And that was around 2008. And I thought, you know, nobody would rent me an apartment. And I was, I was spinning through money very fast without the money coming in. And I felt very lost. And I didn't want to just follow somebody who had what I, what I wanted in terms of material. I wanted to follow somebody who was a model human who I wanted to be. And, you know, one of the, one of the programs that really helped me uh, a little bit later on was Landmark in terms of how I, how I discovered my purpose, me, within all the shit, within all of the, the hustle and the money and the stuff and the, and, and the assets and, and all the crap in my life. But it wasn't until that point where I started to realize that I had to become who I wanted to become and model after people in that capacity that the business started becoming uh, more focused and my activities became focused. And yet, did I work really hard at things? Sure. Did I have some late nights? Yeah. But once my daughter was born, 
And my wife said to me, are you really the model of a man that you want her to potentially attract in her life later on? Crushed me. I mean, it broke me. And that was 2016. That's when I met you. No joke. Like right at that point, I was in Tahoe listening to you up on stage. And I'm like, this dude's different. Like this dude's not telling me to crush it. This guy's not telling me to go out and make another million or make another hundred grand or build, build, build my business. Like he's talking about me. I think I need to get, I need, I need to double down here. I really need to find me. And that's when I read an uh, uh, article about the Michelangelo's David and how Michelangelo was, was um, who knows if it's real or not, but quoted as saying, I didn't create David. I just removed the pieces of marble that weren't David. And I, that was my gas pedal down. And I was like, okay, so I'm me underneath all of the insecurities and the societal pressures and the whatever it means to be a man in today's world or a husband or a father and a, a and an entrepreneur. When I when I start to chip away at this marble, I'm going to find me. So I don't have to do more. I actually have to just figure out which pieces to remove. And that man, that was game changer. And I started to embrace being different. I didn't have to be the same real estate agent. I didn't have to do the same marketing. I didn't have to do the same shit, but I was terrified to not model that because one, the society that I was operating within, the culture I was operating within was telling me this is the model. You follow this or you won't be successful. But guess what? I was successful and I didn't follow the model. And I started to put pieces together and understand that most of these people were lying to me. And it was up to me to figure out me and then my business would grow to that whatever extent I decided I was going to grow me to. Look, just think about this, right? If you're in the business of selling motivational seminars, you need to make sure people need motivational seminars. Of course. And how you make sure people need motivational seminars is you play on their insecurity and their envy. And we have an entire industry that's done this in the entrepreneur space, in the marketing space, and in the self-help personal development space. That's what's happened over the last decade or so. Yeah. And we've forgotten the legendary teachings, Alan Watts. So the guy that, that created Landmark Forum is a guy named Warner Earhart. Yep. It was originally called the S Training. Never right? And Warner learned a lot from Alan Watts because Alan Watts is the guy who's credited with bringing a lot of Zen teaching to uh, the Western world, right? And so, and in business, of course, Peter Drucker and one of my legendary heroes, David Ogilvy, and, and, and so many others, Andy Grove, who ran Intel forever and his book, Only the Paranoid Survive is legendary. It's a bummer that the people who run Intel today didn't read Andy's book. Um, and so, and there's a lot of modern entrepreneurs and, and thought leaders that are incredible. I mentioned a couple of them earlier. I could tell you a whole bunch more if you like. Sure. Um, and so these are great teachers. They're not hustle porn stars. And there's a very big difference. Um, and the other thing that's sort of interesting is why are you doing what you're doing? So here's what, I'm, here's what I can tell you. By most people's definition, they would tell you that I made it. And I made it a long time ago. And in my younger life, the question in my life again was, is Christopher going to make it? I was a terrible student. 
I have dyscalculia and dyslexia and a whole bunch of these other things. I roll them all together and call them dysfuclia. So school, I was a disaster in school. And that's why I got thrown out at 18. And so there are many of us for whom we can't find our place in the world. We go to school, we're told we're finding our place in the world. I couldn't find a place. You know why? There wasn't one. Some of us have to make our place in the world. One of my favorite quotes is from Kurt Cobain, who said, they laugh at me because I'm different. And I laugh at all of them because they are the same. And so uh, first we have to decide why we're doing what we're doing. And the aha here is, after you make it, and look, making it matter a lot to me. Money matters a lot to me. But I'm here to tell you, after you get to the top of the mountain, you have two choices. There's, you'll really only have two fucking choices, Ian. You can keep climbing mountains. And if you want to do that, have at it. If you want to keep building businesses and keep making money, have at it. Go mental. I don't begrudge anybody. If you're doing it, because you want to do it and you love it and you love building companies and all that stuff and you love making money. God bless you. This is America, capitalism, entrepreneurship, woo fucking who, have at it. Or when you get to the top of a mountain, you can say, I'm going to throw down a rope. Either answer is okay. I decided to throw down a rope. That's what my focus is. Um, And I can buy pretty much anything I want to buy. It it comes to a point where on the money, as a kid who grew up poor, I I, I could get off this podcast right now and go buy a Ferrari. I could could fucking drive to the Ferrari store. There's one not far from here. And I could throw down the money and buy a fucking Ferrari. Who cares? I don't want a fucking Ferrari. To me, they're stupid. They're cool, but they're stupid. I don't fucking want one. So, so there's what my point is on the stuff meter Stuff's cool. I live in a beautiful home. We drive wonderful cars. We have wonderful shit. We can pretty much buy any shit we want. That's all very cool. But here's the big aha. Money's just a tool. Yeah. And when you make money and you become independently uh, secure, financially secure, you've achieved financial security, you learn something which is um, there's certain shit you can buy that makes a difference in your life. Carrie and I built our home. It's a wonderful home. It's in a beautiful place. It's right next to the ocean in a beautiful neighborhood with wonderful people. We fucking love it. And it took the U S it took making a lot, delivering a lot of fucking newspapers to pay for this fucking house. Right. And that's cool. And I walk around this house every day and going, holy fuck, I can't believe we live here. This is awesome. But the reason it's awesome is because it works for our life. It's not a showy place. We're not showing off. We're not doing any of that stuff. But look, regardless of, of the issue, money's a tool. And if you want to do certain things in your life, you want to have certain things in your life, go make some fucking money. There's a lot of money in the world. Go make it. And I'm here to tell you, Um, as we've lived through this pandemic and we've all suffered um, tremendously and we've suffered in our family and independent of this pandemic, we had two horrible deaths in our family, uh, a murder and a freak accident within less than a year. 
And those were incredibly painful. And those happened in the context of the pandemic and the recession and everything else. But one thing we haven't had to worry about is financial security. And that's a blessing. And it's a, it's a life changing blessing. And if you want that in your life, you should go fucking make that happen. And if you want to talk about how to make that happen, I'm happy to do that. Sure. But here's what I will also tell you. Um, your life is no different when it happens other than the peripheral shit. You're still you. <laughs> and so if you're, if you're making the money and you're buying the shit to make up for something in yourself that you haven't dealt with, it doesn't work because you can have all the watches you want. You can buy all the houses you want. You can buy all the planes you want. I know a lot of miserable billionaires, a lot, because they're not happy in life. The other thing I tell you about money is if you're playing a comparison game, you're fucked. Jeff Bezos wins. Okay. He wins. So you're fucked. Get over it. You're not going to beat him. Get over it. Right. So if it's, if, if your worth as a human being is a function of your net worth, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And so the seminal question, particularly about money is, do you own your money or does your money own you? And I know people who make $30,000 a year and are ski and surf bums and they scrape by and they couch surf and they have a shitty old truck or van and they, they're a boot fitter, they're a surf instructor, they shape boards, whatever. They, they, they scratch enough money so that they can go live their adventures and they have a great life and they're happy. And they're truly happy and they own their money. It doesn't own them. And I'll never forget, Ian, the first time this happened to me, I was a much younger man and I was talking to a guy who was a CEO who had kind of taken me under his wing and I knew he was worth about a quarter billion dollars. And he was sharing with me about his marriage and that his marriage wasn't happy. And I said, well, why? He said, well, we fight all the time. I said, what do you fight about? He said, money. And I said, well, what are you fucking talking about? You have $250 million. Yeah. And so whether you have 250 bucks or 250 million, the question is, who owns who? Do you own your money and you view it as a powerful tool for doing what you want to do in your life, for doing charitable things, for being able to support your family, be a good provider, be somebody your friends can rely on if they need a hand, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh, uh, and you own it? Or are you somebody who's worth a quarter billion dollars and money's got you by the balls and you and your wife fight about money all the time? Yeah. Well, there's so much in there that I want to I want to touch on real quick. So the, the something you said about climbing the mountain, and some people decide to just keep going, keep going, keep going, and some people decide to just stop and and you know throw a rope down, help some other people. There's probably some other uh, options in there too. And the thing that I think about in there are, are the habits that you build over a ten year or lifetime period, in terms of your everyday being. And then subsequently, the things that you do every single day, if you are, and I want to kind of spin this back to that hustle porn, that hustle mindset and, and mentality, the danger is that you're building a habit of hustle all the time. And so I feel like the 250 millionaire, you know, the guy that's worth $250 million, 
he's he's the the money's running him because his mindset, his habits, his 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 whole being has been around serving the serving the money, right? Making it, spending it, making it, spending it, making it, spending it. It's just a vicious cycle that no matter what level you get to, your shit just gets higher level, right? So you're not buying twenty dollar watches, you're buying twenty thousand dollar watches, and then two hundred thousand, and then two million dollar watches. So everything just levels up. But I wonder, I wonder how can people achieve the life? How can people figure out what life they truly, truly want to live, right? Uh, you know, right now I'm in Beverly Hills. This is an epitome of wealth, right? Where you are, it's an epitome of wealth. You can find people that can do anything that they want to do and can write a check for it. No problem. It doesn't really hurt. And it, it's, you, you have to stop looking at so much flash and figure out, all right, this is the life I want to live. And then I'm going to build a business and do the work that it takes to live this lifestyle. And I'm going to build habits. So for me, I want to I spend max time with my family because one of the things that I'll regret most in this life is that I chose my business or money over my children, right? That was me in the beginning. You know, it was only five years ago. And, and I was, I was a, a sort of evolved guy back then, but you know, today is a very, very different story where my wife and I, when we think about the money we want, the businesses and the places we want to live, like living in Southern California, it's not cheap. You got to have a business that can support a lifestyle here, but I'm not going, I'm not going above and beyond where I want to truly be. Right. So my habits and, and, and the sacrifices that I make are reflective of the life that I choose to live time and availability of Ian's focus, attention, energy, and resources. And that is the number one thing. So for people listening out there, my advice would be figure out the formula for the business or the job that you want that supports the life you want and just work within that. And if you make extra, that's fantastic. And if you want to go buy something crazy fancy, you can. You just figure out how to up the formula. But at least your habits are set on living and being the person in the life you truly want to live. And the business just backs that shit up. You're not just slaving. I, I'm, I can't tell you, you know these people too. 90% of people I talk to are only excited when the check comes in. Only excited when the check comes in. And they're missing the whole piece in between that. The whole transaction, the whole, all the wins in between, which is what I had to shift my habits into, which was, and I, I, I love that I, I got a call from someone from a, a, a you know, just a, a Facebook post that I inspired somebody from something that I learned. And maybe they become a client or don't become a client, but that means something to me. That's fulfilling to me. And maybe it comes with some money, but that's a bonus if it comes with money. That's just a bonus to me in, in all honesty. And so when my wife and I drive around this town, you know, Beverly Hills and Brentwood and, and Bel Air and West Hollywood, we're trying to find a place to live. You got to have a certain amount of money. So when we retooled our business to be able to support this lifestyle and we're building it, we only do the activities that will get us to where we want to go with, you know, some money in the bank and, and, and without the worry of where the next check's coming from, but building sustainable models and systems for our business that help a shit ton of people live the life that they truly desire. and Subsequently, as a result of that, the money comes in for us to live the lifestyle that we choose. That's it. That's the formula for me. I want to get your take on that formula. I think, um, so it depends on what you're up to. Yeah. 
if you just want to make money, you can go be a hedge fund manager and figure that out. And you can make tens of millions of dollars a year as a hedge fund manager, in some cases more. Um, here's the big lie. Everything we hear, almost everything we hear in the self-help hustle porn world is all about the destination. They use destination in their marketing. That's what the plane is. Don't you wish you had this? That's what the Lambo is. So there's this carrot that says, if you, if you do whatever I tell you to, you're going to get this mansion and this boat and these chicks in bikinis and go, do you know who Tom Boo is by any chance, Ian? Yeah. Okay. And so he's the original hustle porn star and, he had those infomercials and, you know, he, the funniest thing is he always had all these women in bikinis. Remember that? Yeah. And he never, he never even mentioned that they were there. He'd be like on a boat or standing in front of a Rolls Royce or a mansion. And he'd be trying to sell you on his real estate seminar. And there'd be eight women behind him in bikinis and high heels. And he never even addressed that they were there. They were just like, Oh yes. Well, you know, these are just some trees behind me or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Anyway, all these things are dangled in front of people because they're this reward, the mansion, the plane, the, the chicks, the watches, the whatever is, right? Well, here's the question nobody ever deals with. What happens when you get the money? Right. What happens? You got it. Great. You want to make 5 million bucks. Boom. You made it. 10 million. Boom. 15, 20 million, 50 million, 100 million, 200 billion. You did it. Great. Now what? Now what? Yes. Now what? And here's the aha. You can try and continue to win the activity contest. You can be the hamster on the wheel. You can continue to play the comparison game. Oh, well, fuck. I bought the, the DX3521 plane and my neighbor bought the DX3555 plane and now my dick isn't big enough anymore, right? I've seen it happen. I know billionaires who are like upside down about this shit in Silicon Valley. It's disgusting. I, I don't go to parties in Atherton for this reason, right? Um, the aha is the reward is the work. Yes. The reward is if you do something that matters to you and makes a difference for others and you achieve a level of mastery at your craft. Over time, your ability to make a difference goes up exponentially because you've achieved a level of mastery in your chosen field. And the learning how to be a master, the becoming a master, and the giving it all away, that is to say, teaching, coaching, and supporting others in having their dreams come true, that's the reward. It's not the fucking houses. No. I, I've had this conversation with many billionaires and the shit's nice. And listen, I don't begrudge anybody that think if you want to go buy Lambos and planes and boats, fuck, have at it, yeah. you know, and maybe invite me every once in a while. I have friends with all that shit. It's fun. I'll go drive your Lambo with you. Right. I have my racing license. I actually know how to drive it. If you don't have your racing license, I can fucking teach you. Right. Um, you know, and I have a friend who has an incredible boat here in Santa Cruz Harbor, a beautiful sailboat, absolutely Gordon fucking super, you know, awesome. And you know what? He's a real legit sailor and he loves it. And he goes out and he brings family and friends and God bless him for making all the money and having a beautiful boat and learning to be a real sailor. I don't care what your thing is. That's all great. Go have at it and understand 
that there's only so much of that that's going to make a difference in your life. What really makes a difference is being loved for who you are. What really makes a difference is making a difference for others. What really makes a difference is achieving some level of mastery such that other people you respect in your field, in your domain, say, you know what? That gal's a master. That gal's legendary. When you need X, call Sally because she's fucking legendary at it, right? And so the day you're a billionaire and you wake up and, or even the day you wake up and you have $5 million, $10 million, the day you realize that you don't ever have to work again, you still got to do something. Right. Got to be engaged. And so what's that thing? And that thing is we all want to be loved for what uniquely makes us us. And in business, if you get to a place where you are acknowledged to be an expert, a master, a sensei, a teacher, and other people seek you out, that's the reward because then you get to help them make their dreams come true. You're part of a chain. That's the reward. That's why grandparents love their grandchildren. That's the reward, right? A lot of grandchildren will tell you the reward for being parents is grandchildren, right? right? The reward is when we can make a contribution and make a difference to others, and in particular, others who dare I even say, love and respect us for who we are and the difference that we can make. That's what everybody fucking wants. And whether you're worth, um, you know, a hundred bucks or a hundred million bucks, everybody wants the same thing. Now, by all means, go make the money and you can have a lot of fun with money. I will also tell you this, everybody I know who's ever made real money, including myself, um, goes out and buys a bunch of shit. And then they wake up one day and they go, fuck, look at all this shit. This is a pain in my ass. And then they got to spend a bunch of time getting rid of all their shit. A buddy of mine's a big time CFO. And he worked for a guy who's a multi-zillionaire. If I told you who the zillionaire was, you would know. And this guy did exactly that. He went out and bought islands and fucking you name it, all kinds of planes and all that. He wakes up one day and goes, I, I don't know how much of this shit I have. All I know is I'm spending all this money on all this shit. So he asked this friend of mine who's a, who was a CFO, the last company he'd sold at the time. He said, could you work with a bunch of bankers and accountants and kind of do a project for me, figure out everything I own, give me an inventory, and then help me sell 90% of it, which is what they did. And so it, there's this I, a completely insane thing where we chase after all this shit like it's going to make us happy. And some of it does. And, and by all means, have at it. If you always wanted that guitar or that car, you always wanted to live on blah, blah street, or you always wanted a house with a have at it. I'm a capitalist, have at it, but don't be confused. The real reward is doing work that matters and being loved for the difference that you make and for who you are, uh, who you are authentically. Yeah, man, that's, uh, I'm making a note of that. That is so well said. It's so well said. And I want to wrap this up with, I mean, I could talk to you for five hours. You're, you're, I, I, I love this conversation because it's so deep in the human element and not the shit and not the stuff and not the, oh, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, I love this. So one thing you said when you were on stage five years ago when I was watching you was, um, I love that you, you drop F-bombs with intentionality 
by the way. It's not to just cuss because I do the same thing. I grew up in the trucking business, so it was normal for me to hear curse words. It was just normal language. And, uh, and I know a lot of people get offended, but whatever. You said you were talking about following your different, being different and embracing that and being okay with that. And, um, you know, shout out to your podcast, follow your different. It's, 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 it's something that really shifted my mindset that weekend where you basically said, if you're in here and you're trying to be like everybody else, fuck you, fuck them too, for making you feel that way. And then fuck yourself again, because you let them make you feel that way. And I do no joke. I wrote that in my little, the little gray notebook, the little journal that they gave. I wrote that. And I was like, I need to know who, what do I really want? And I need to stop being afraid that others will judge me or that I won't be successful if I chase my different, right? The way that I want to do things. And so I, you know, I hate to interrupt you, Ian, but I, can I interrupt you here? You just said something really important about being judged. Here's the aha. We're all going to be judged. And there's nothing we can do about it. And we can't make anybody feel a certain way about us. And as a matter of fact, if you look in your own life, what you might find is that at times where we worked extra hard to make somebody really love us, or somebody really respect it, where we've, where we've morphed ourselves or twisted ourselves into something that we thought somebody else wanted so that they would like love or need us more. It never fucking works ever. We twist, we get all twisted up and that relationship generally gets fucked up. And so the aha is we can't control other people's judgments. They're going to judge, they're going to do whatever they're going to do. And so once you realize that even when you try to make somebody like you or love you, even when you contort yourself like a ventriloquist, <laughs> I'm mixing metaphors on purpose. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, we can't make other people love us. So our only shot is to be who we are. It's hard to be yourself. It's hard to remove all the marble that is in us. We get, we get how all these labels get stuck on us and all these people give us all these shoulds and all this stuff, right? We said, fuck all that, be you and let the chips fall where they may, right? Because I'm all I got, this is it, right? Like to your point on swearing, if you don't love swearing, we're probably not going to hang out a lot. It's how I talk. Now, I can be appropriate. I wouldn't say to the Pope, how the fuck are you? I can control myself. I'm not a Neanderthal moron. But at the same time, like you, you know, I grew up in a rough situation. And this is just how we talked. And it's how I talk. My wife talks this way. And, you know, if you don't like the word fuck, then we're probably not going to be around each other that much. Oh, well. You know? And so we all have to decide. Um, but the biggest gift we can give ourselves and even more importantly, give the world is to be a hundred percent who we are and let the chips fall where they may have a spouse that loves you for who you are and not who you think he or she wants you to be right. Yeah. Your business partner is the same way. You can contort yourself all you want. It's not going to help. Fuck it. Yeah. Be yourself. And if they love you, they love you. And if they don't find somebody else. Now, at the same time, 
we have to be responsible for our actions. We have to be responsible for the way we conduct ourselves. And we're always trying to improve ourselves. That's a good thing. I'm not saying don't be irresponsible or don't yeah, be responsible. Don't be irresponsible. But at the same time, be yourself. And so um, uh, most of the advice we get is really bad advice. And um, it's the people who break and take new ground, the people who are willing to be original, who, who move the world forward exponentially, and we admire the most. And so why the fuck are we all spending so much time trying to fit in when in point of fact, it's the people who stand out, who are the ones who make the biggest difference? Yeah. And you've got to own that difference. You have to own it. Even if you really fail hard, fall on your face and get just, and you go broke doing it. If you know that you're on the right track, you just have to own it and keep going. Like that's the biggest, that's the biggest piece to that, to that, that I've found is that, you know, I have made really bad decisions. And when I have tried to contort myself to, to be something that I wasn't, be someone I wasn't to other people, for other people, I wound up getting the job done. However, when I went home at night and all of us have to face this, right? One day we'll all face this, this maker, right? We'll face that day where we close our eyes for the final time. But before that, we still have to face ourselves in the morning when it's quieter, in the evening when we go to bed and we're alone with ourselves. I don't care how many people you surround yourself with. Are you actually happy with you? Are you actually fulfilled? And through my career as an entrepreneur, I have felt very scared at what I was doing to be me. I was never scared about growing into me and the thought and the decision I made to follow my different, but I was, I was still had fear and I still had, had, you know, will I make it? Will I be outcast? Will it, will people really care about me? Am I making a huge you know, mistake? You know, models are there for a reason. Should I just follow the model and be like everybody else? But I think those of us that have, have, have a, a naturally defiant attitude towards most things, normal or, you know, original that, you got to follow that shit and embrace it. And the more you embrace it, the more Marvel comes off and reveals you. And then all of a sudden you look in the mirror one day and you go, Oh my God, I see me. I actually like me. Oh my God. I love me. I feel great today because I helped like 10 people get out of their own way. And wow, what would it look like if I could build a company that could help 10,000 people get out of their own way and live the life that they truly want to live without having to be the person with that boat? Or the, you know, that the label, the I'm that person's dad or that person's mom or this person's wife or I'm a lawyer or I'm a real estate agent. What if you're you and you just happen to do that shit to make the money you need to make or to help the people you need to help make a real difference in the world and be fulfilled? That's a big, that's a big differentiation there. And that's, yes. that's what I got from you five years ago. And I never told you that until today. Well, thank you, Ian. I'm so glad. And I'm so glad you're in a different place today than you were five years ago, both uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah, both, yes. So, man, listen, I want to be respectful of your time. Dude, this has been a a real honor, like a real honor. Your your level of depth and understanding the human being and the doing is, is, is legendary. And, you know, which is very appropriate for you, legends and losers, right? Just is. So, dude, thank you so much for being on the 200th episode. I know for a fact that your contribution today moved the needle for the thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people that listen to this episode. And 
They don't have to buy anything from us. They don't have to do anything. They just have to click the free button on iTunes or Spotify and listen and have a pen out like both you and I do. Because if you watch the video on YouTube, Chris and I are both taking notes and we're both talking to each other because when you're sitting with somebody like Christopher Lockhead, you fucking listen and you write and you, you are present. I'm present with you, but I, I, there's gold in here and I need to, I needed to get this. So thank you, man, from the bottom of my heart for your contribution today on this show. Really thank you. Bless you, Ian. Thank you so much for having me and stay legendary, brother. And of course, follow your different. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests, or becoming a man on purpose, visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.